0: Educating by sharing our From the Trenches preservation knowledge and our guests' expertise. Balancing modern needs while maintaining the historical significance, character, and beauty of your period home.
1: Today on the Practical Preservation Podcast, I have Katia M- Gherk? Is that correct? Okay. From uh, Moravian Pottery and Tile Works. Thank you for joining me today. It's
2: wonderful to have you here in our home.
1: So so tell me a little bit about your background.
2: I am a tile nut, and starting from today, going backwards. I have 41 years in the business, um, coming out of art school, I became interested in decorative arts and especially functional decorative arts, architectural ceramics. Um, not only for their fireproof, but their um, durability
1: as a surface, a building surface. and yeah, we? Um, I was. Uh, we were just chatting before we started recording about visit. I visited here before. The first time I visited was actually with like a group tour. Um, uh, St James' uh, Church in Lancaster has. Um, several or a lot of the Moravian tiles on their altar and on their floor. And they were re, um, doing a restoration from, uh, and they actually had you or had, had Moravian tile works make uh, tile to match what had been there for, for years. Um, and so that was, that was really cool and interesting. <laughs> <laughs> we um, make a lot of ecclesiastic yeah, tiles yeah, and anyway. tiles for churches. Yeah. Yeah, these were um the, the tiles on the floor just like red square but the the ones are the like the reliefs that that you have the on all of the walls yeah covering yes. this
2: fireplace we're sitting under one as far as i can, is, yes uh, the bible and tile and um uh, sort of signature brocade style tile um, patterning so they're bas relief and they're set into actual ceramic tiles that are the shape of the thing that it is. So if it's a dog tile, it's the shape of a dog and it's stuck into um, cement. So
1: yeah, he was into cement. <laughs> <laughs> so what what drew you into preserving this as like an art form or or preservation in general? I
2: think the stories that need to be told about Marcer, he's you know Does has three Moravian what well, we have Moravian fluttering towers? Uh, the Historical Society has the Mercer Museum and Font Hill Castle. And um, in 1898, when Mercer first started making tiles, the first cement building he built was the house and he built it to be his showroom and for his prints and his tiles. And so being the place where we ch- are trying to be as authentic as possible to the way Mercer made tiles starting in 1898, we are continuing to do that. And, The tradition, the name, the reputation, the style, the ethos of the arts and crafts movement, which is um, the humanness of it. I think it's important to reconnect with that humanness of a product. I think he was, Mercer himself was reacting to the industrial age and um, wanting a less, you know, a more handmade product. And I think today we're doing the same thing. We're we're tired of the um, made somewhere else by machines. People are really gravitating toward um, handmade small small batch artisan made
1: product. I I do agree with you. And I think he has an interesting, if anybody has a chance to visit, I recommend that you do. Um, But I think that there's a really interesting, like uh, I don't know what word I would use. Um, kind of he was using the cutting edge of concrete at that time was a very cutting edge product experimental experimental, yes but then with this handmade philosophy of a small batch we're going to you know make these tiles by hand I, so I think that he was really he was like living in two worlds <laughs> Philosoph- philosophically <laughs> yeah, and just yes. Yes. yeah yeah yeah
2: yeah yeah happy if we can run this as a successful business. Yes.
1: So so tell me more about the uh, Moravian pottery and tile work.
2: Yeah, Um, as it is today, the history of this place, the philosophy of this place, um, it's book worthy. (laughs) Um, uh, 1911 to 1913, Mercer was building his second building the house like I said before was built first then he built the pottery and he was very innovative and experimental with materials uh it was important to him he he was thinking about what people did why they did it and how they did it and he himself was putting himself to the challenge so this whole building is made of reinforced concrete with no expansion joints (laughs) yeah yeah but um We want to be as authentic as possible. We believe that the knowledge is passed down and the importance of those kinds of trades where people stay in the trades and keep the tradition. So we have a potter here who's been here 20 years. We have another one who's been here six years. So there's no interruption in this process and how how we make them. Um, of course, materials and things change over the years. Um, so, original recipes are not as important as being, you know, with making reissues. We're making reissues from 5,000 to 6,000 historic molds. And Mercer was informed by a ton of different things. He was looking at uh, medieval things, and his tra- he was well traveled. He was in Europe. He was looking at old abbeys and cathedrals and cloisters. He was in the Yucatan looking at things. He was walking around the Bucks County um, countryside and seeing uh, redware, really the important thing, American, you know, redware. And he was getting recipes from people in England. So he really was bridging a lot of things, but um,
1: he did this successfully, you know? So, when you um, are updating the recipes, are you doing that more so for like a safety, like a non-toxic standpoint? Is that Well, thanks. That's a good, very good question. And
2: materials change and yeah. lining changes and you really need to stay on top of being, um, con- you know, doing the right thing oh, environmentally. Like environmentally, yeah. Yeah. And also for the safety of the worker mm-hmm. and also to, create, you know, make a better, more durable product that has a broader... Range
1: of uses. That that makes sense. I, I knew that um, there's some pottery that has issues because they use like lead in the finishes and things like that. Right you know, like historically.
2: Right. Yeah. Right, and
1: you shouldn't eat off. No, of that you should. But they, they the paint will last a long time. <laughs> yeah. So so tell me about the different types of tiles and the and the different the different products and, and services that you that you have here. Yeah, so we making each tile one
2: by one handmade in the arts and crafts t- tradition. and We're not alone in the world doing that. And these tiles have only been marketed in Bucks County. So the architectural and installation market is the largest growing market in this business. And we, Mercer have many fireplace designs. So we end up doing a lot of fireplaces, architectural installations. We do a lot of fireplaces Floors, of course, we know about that yes.
1: floor right. at it's the state things. capital. Oh, at the yeah. yeah. Capital,
2: yeah. Um, Mercer had two styles. So there's tiles from a little tiny heart that's one inch by one inch to four by four. So all of those tiles, it's like 50% of what we carry costs less than $25 each, which is, you know, really great.
1: Especially for individual handmade small batch. Yes. It's really inexpensive. Yes.
2: And then um, the process of, we're not using our coal kilns anymore, although historically we would love to do a replica of one of the six, I think it is, glaze kilns or bottle kilns that we have here. We'd love to do a reproduction of one outside of our building (laughs) because we're not firing inside anymore and um, fire with coal. So now we're using gas. we're still using saggers. So we're still using a lot of the same ways to get these tiles which Mercer call like cinder stain. And what they are is we have a huge line of tiles that can be used on the floor or the wall and they are made of rammed earth from the beginning of time across every culture across every timeline. People have loved the warm earth tones and our tiles embody that perfectly, and I think now that we see people spending more time at home, they want that warmth and uh, feeling of history and tradition. So those tiles are really great. We have a couple of different kinds of mosaics which are storytelling. Mercer said, should I be making tiles for the aesthetic um, excitement alone? I wouldn't have stopped making them a long time ago. It was not just the aesthetic, it was the story. So he was telling stories of the new world, stories, Bible stories. Um, stories of native flora and fauna, stories of what people did, why they did it, and how they did it as he was collecting
1: tools. I know um, on St. James, and I'm pretty pretty sure I've seen it here too, there's ones of uh, like a Mennonite, um, uh, uh, there's like two Mennonite men or something on a, on one of the reliefs um, on the altar at St. James, and I think that was special for lancaster oh, nice. and um but then there's a couple you know that probably to our modern sensibilities would be a little bit questionable yeah, like like the, the the roast the roasting of the the, the roasting of the the white explorer <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> oh they are I read those in high school, though. Blue <laughs> Fireplace is one of my favorites, and I want to make that a
2: You know, this art of not forgetting.
1: Yes. Yeah. And I think I think that those give us glimpses into people's thought processes. It helps us to understand why things were the way they, yeah. they were. Um, because I think sometimes we... Try to look at things from our our modern sensibilities, and it's not necessarily it it doesn't fit because they we didn't have the same thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. So so tell me about your um, your planned events and and your tours.
2: Oh great! We are polishing the gem here, so um, we're working on the flow now and designing how the the viewer will experience this place and what that looks like. So we're really, there's three different groups that we're focusing on, but one to me that's super important is I want the next generation to care about this place. So um, hopefully building out some robust programming for the schools, bringing kids here, blowing their tile eyes (laughs) up in the beginning and having them remember this amazing space with like, what do we have 20 foot ceilings in here with the tools
1: at, At least two. they might even be 30. Feet. Yeah, with the yeah. tools
2: of the nation maker hanging on the walls. And then we want those kids to have an experience to get addicted to the empathy for material, the actual raw clay, up to um, having some visiting artists and some entrepreneurial programs um, as well. We will have visiting artists, residential artists in residence, you know, apprentices and uh, interns. And we're working on building new tours that have experiences and interactive things that people can do. So I think you can expect to see some pretty exciting changes because yes. this, this is a point in history. This is, the is. county has been running it for a long, long time and we're sort of getting this pause and pivot moment to look at it and do sort of what we
1: need to do. Well, and I think experiences are so, so important uh, because they do allow people to connect in a way that you don't just walking through. Yeah, not being a passive observer when you're, yeah. Very much so. Um, So tell me about the um, trends and challenges that you see in preservation.
2: Yeah, um, with museums over the last year, the year that kind of didn't count, let's (laughs) say, Um, a lot of stuff had to go virtual. Um, and the expenses in upgrading experiences. I'm not saying everybody wants Hollywood, but
1: um, for the virtual,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah, and just for you know attention spans and how people experience the place. Um, using technology but also trying to honor this sort of Luddite old school way and stuff and sort of at the intersection of that developing programs that sort of can meet all of our needs so we really have a blank slate so I don't see it as a problem I see it as you know opportunity and we're interested in what the constituent wants to do so I can sit here and imagine you know what I want to do but it's that all hands philosophy. You need to know what your client, your constituent, your you know, the provider, the person doing the stuff.
1: Now, I don't know. I know that you're the, the county ran this for a long time yeah. and, and you're 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 taking that over. Are you also responsible then for the maintenance of the buildings or is that
2: that's a good question.
1: Um, and the, the only reason I was asking is I think that would be a challenge with the concrete and because these materials weren't necessarily made to be maintained. Yeah. Yeah. Periodically, this building
2: um, has had some major stuff done in the eighties, there was some stuff done to the roofs with issues now that we're, you know, you have to do, it's a historic, national historic landmark. It's a working history museum work, like you said, concrete building with concrete roofs. And whenever you look up at a roof, as you know, from the building industry, you see white, that's moisture. Right. So those kinds of things are being addressed and probably will be, Try to be uh, identify what it is, what historic processes need to be adhered to to, to do it, and then how you're going to fund that, and then who you know, right. goes through a bidding process because yes. we're still owned by the county, yeah. the building. Yeah. Um, but it's very much yeah. a partnership, yeah. which is so the that, perfect way to yeah, do
1: it. That is, yeah, that is, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I I was just curious because I I can imagine that's a challenge that, and this is a little bit earlier than mid-century modern, but that's one of the huge challenges in mid-century modern is those materials were not made to be maintained. Um, so I was just, I was, I was thinking about that, looking at all the concrete here, because it was cutting edge, (laughs) when like making entire buildings out of concrete. And, I mean, they are, they are fireproof, but it is hard. It is emitting carbon. Well, and and the and the also just the process to make to make yes. it the fire the firing of the of the lime the uh, sand so much sand goes into concrete so it is it's very hard on the environment. Um, so and yeah. And look at everything's built. Again. Yeah. So yeah, it's concrete's very exciting, and and
2: there's a lot of exploring to do in
1: that yes. area. So that's, um, I, I just was sitting here thinking about that. I was just, that was a thought that came into, into my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have anything else that you wanted to share that maybe you thought of while we were talking that I, I didn't ask you?
2: Well, the way, another way people can use this space, which was never done before is for events. So oh, we exciting. have this, like 50 by hundred foot square foot courtyard where there was some, a fundraiser last week, um blankets six feet apart little clusters of people and it was yes. so wonderful to see went all the way up on the bell tower and got my from my iron saw the beautiful view of all these humans interacting so oh. that and this room we're in here is just ready for an intimate oh yes oh definitely 50 or less people doing something really you know yeah. it's a balcony room it's it's just a stunning room yeah. so it's nice to have that in terms of challenges for museums is always fundraising uh, yes. and development. And so if site, if we
1: can use the site that way and it's in keeping with our mission mm-hmm. somehow,
2: um, I think it'll be
1: really helpful. And it brings more people in, people that might not necessarily yeah. come in for the tour that will get exposed to it and yeah. maybe would be more excited yeah. about it. Yeah.
2: And we wanna work with more contractors and architects and homeowners like that. So but i think the way it works is somebody comes in bring buys a gift tile and then every time they've been out of town guests they bring them by yes. and they buy a gift tile and then you just every person that comes here bends my ears for like an hour <laughs> <laughs> so i want to collect all their stories too because yeah. it's still part of what we're
1: doing yes well and and you mentioned the the gift house and there is a gift shop here with like a variety of individual tiles that you can just walk in and buy but if somebody was wanting to do a backsplash in their kitchen or a fireplace what how would they go about that yeah so we design you have initial design consultation like anything and Mm -hmm. then there's a design
2: fee we manufacture it if it's historically you know what we do yes we can do it we can also do um, custom designs and quote unquote the mercer style so we're constantly asked to do donor recognition, 5Ks, uh, logo tiles, you know, business gift tiles, things like that, and we do do those.
1: Um, so
2: I forget the question.
1: Oh, I was just wondering how how someone could order like a yeah, so they quantity. can come in, and
2: yes. then yes. now the new yes. thing is we yes. can set it up too. We're trying to. Get. Okay. We really want to get a certification in making handmade tiles. So different. The Tile Council of North America makes all the standards, the right. ANC standards for uh, tile setting, and a lot of tile setting that you see today, union stuff, is all this large format, 20, you know, right. eighteen by twenty-four or yeah. whatever tiles. Totally different when you're right. Well, and Las these Salinas. are more irregular. E- yeah, they're, they're not. Yeah, yeah. And somebody, the wrong setter in the wrong setter's hands, it doesn't come out well. So it's now something. Oh, that's that's yeah. exciting! Yeah, yeah. If anything in workforce development, I think, is really an important piece yeah. right now. Um, we need yeah, I, more skilled yeah. workers, right? Yeah, we do. And I
1: that was actually I uh, recorded that podcast last week, but I actually think in po- the podcast schedule, it's going to air the week after this. But oh, wow. um, but it was I I was uh, speaking with um, someone from Bucks County Community College, their oh, uh, historic okay. preservation program, and. Um, Preservation Maryland has a program. um, I'm trying to think of what the official name is. I'll probably mess it up. The Historic Trades um, Workforce. It's not workforce development, but it's something like that where they're actually. And skill building stuff. Yeah, but they're doing hands on, like a hand, they're making a hands on apprenticeship program, but they're also then um, developing um, standards that will be open source that anybody can go on and use so that you can use those for training employees. So, Love it. And would like to
2: know more about um, and even connect with, we're really um, focusing on relationships with other organizations, especially educational, institutional, yes. and important. you know, it sounds like I'm hearing for the first time about the Bucks County Community College and yes. that I just, my ears perked up, yes. you know, it's like music. Um, Mercer had a lot of relationship with University of Pennsylvania um, Museum of Archaeology yes. and uh, you know, it'll be great to just connect with all these people. There's other museums around here like Rose Valley and Wharton Eshrick Arts and Crafts that we all need to, to sort
1: of hold each other. Well, and, and I would think too, um, making relationships on the West Coast would be really important also because yes. the Arts and Crafts there, there, there are there are much many more archigraphic buildings there yeah. than not that they could not that they're not not that these houses aren't appropriate for other but you know they're yeah. perfect for archigraph. And one
2: thing we have yeah. is just like Mercer had so many different fonts of these original yes. historic molds. Yes. And one personal interest of mine is the use of words in oh yes installations. And I think um, we're seeing more an uptick and in interest in that. I mean, when you look around these Mercer buildings, you see all these things, oh, you whether know, yes, they were in yes. German or in Latin or whatever. He spoke four languages. Yes, he was an interesting... And clay, yes.
1: one of them. He designed a lot of tiles himself, you know,
2: based on stuff he was seeing and thinking about tapestries, everything.
1: So um, do you have any offers for our listeners? I don't know if you have, like, events or... or um,
2: Yeah, I think uh, September 18th, we're planning on a uh, Tile Love Fest. Uh, We've had a Tile Festival here every year for 22 years in a row. And then last year, of course, it was interrupted. Um, And it'll be different this year, but we do believe we're gonna be able to have it uh, physically out in the courtyard. Uh, No circus tents, but just sort of a little bit lower key. But um, we attract Tile artists from all around the world, Russia, Alaska, U.S.S.R., I should say.
1: Is <laughs> that what I should say? No, it's Russia now. Russia. Uh, yeah, Russia. it went back. It goes back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And then how can our listeners contact you? Oh, the—the um,
2: the, Sorry about the the, but the tile works of Bucks County. But it's the Tileworks.org. Uh, we're at 130 East Swamp Road in Doylestown, PA. Uh, we are on Instagram for really up-to-date stuff, and that's the Tileworks. And we are on Facebook with the Moravian Pottery and Tileworks. And that's where we have like 5000 followers. So it'd be wonderful to share your podcast on our Facebook page. We're really excited you came today. And we really want to amplify the story, get it out there. So come see us for tours six days a week, Tuesday through
1: Sunday, 10 to 4. Very good. Thank you very much for, for having me today. I enjoyed our conversation.